Chapter One of Man's Rights, or How Would You Like It, Comprising Dreams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. Man's Rights, or How Would You Like It, Comprising Dreams, by Annie Denton Cridge. Dream Number One. Last night I had a dream which may have a meaning. I stood on a high hill that overlooked a large city. The proud spires of many churches rose high. Here and there, and round about the city were beautiful sloping hills, stretching away, away into the distance, while a broad river wound here and there, extending a kindly arm toward the city. As I stood there wondering what manner of city it was, its name and the character of its inhabitants, all at once I found myself in its very midst. From house to house I flitted, from kitchen to kitchen, and lo everywhere the respective duties of man and woman were reversed for in every household i found the men in aprons superintending the affairs of the kitchen everywhere men and only men were the bridgets and housekeepers i thought that those gentlemen housekeepers looked very pale and somewhat nervous and when i looked into their spirits for it seemed in my dream that i had the power i saw anxiety and unrest a constant feeling of unpleasant expectancy the result of a long and weary battling with the cares of the household as i looked at those men bridgets and gentlemen housekeepers i said to myself this is very strange why these men seem unsexed how stoop-shouldered they are how weak and complaining their voices i found too that not only was the kitchen exclusively man's but also the nursery in fact all the housework was directed and done by men i felt a sad pity for these men as i flitted from house to house from kitchen to kitchen, from nursery to nursery. I saw them in the houses of the poor, where the man did his own work. I saw him in the morning arise early, light the fire, and begin to prepare the breakfast, his face pale and haggard. No wonder, I thought, when I saw how he hurried, hurried, while in his spirit was a constant fear that the baby would awake. Very soon I heard the sharp cry of the baby, and away ran the poor father, soon returning with baby in his arms, carrying it around with him while he raked the fire fried the meat and set the table for breakfast when all was ready down came two or three unwashed unkempt children who must be attended to and when all this was done i observed that the poor gentleman's appetite was gone and pale and nervous he sat down in the rocking-chair with the baby in his arms but what greatly astonished me was to see how quietly and composedly the lady of the house drank her coffee and read the morning paper apparently oblivious of the trials of her poor husband and of all he had to endure in connection with his household cares it was wash day and i watched him through that long and weary day first at the wash-tub while baby slept then rocking the cradle and washing at the same time then preparing dinner running and hurrying here and there about the house while in his poor disturbed mind revolved the thought of the sewing that ought to be done and only his own hands to do it evening came and the lady of the house returned to dinner the children came to meet her and as she lifted up one and then another and kissed them, I thought, Why, how beautiful is that woman! Then in my dream I seemed to behold every woman of that strange city, and ah, the marvellous beauty of those women! I hath not seen, neither hath it entered into the heart of man to conceive, for beauty almost angelic was so charmingly combined with intellect, and health brooded so divinely over all that, at the tout ensemble, I was profoundly astonished and intensely delighted then i turned myself about and was again in the home i had left 
it was evening the lamp on the table was lighted and there sat the poor husband i have described in his rocking-chair darning stockings and mending the children's clothes after the hard day's washing i saw that it had rained that the clothes-line had broken and dropped the clothes in the dirty yard and the poor man had had a terrible time rinsing some and washing others over again and that he had finally put them down in wash-tubs and covered them with water he had brought from a square distant but the day's work was over and there he moved to and fro while his wife in comfortable slippers sat by the fire reading well i said to myself such is the home of the lowly but how is it where one or more servants can be kept then as by magic i saw how it was for i found myself in a kitchen where a male bridget was at work his hair uncombed his face and hands unwashed and his clothes torn and soiled bridget was cooking breakfast a knife in his hand while he was bending over the cooking-stove moodily talking to himself the gentleman housekeeper pale and unhappy opened the door looked at bridget but said nothing and soon went into the dining-room as soon as his back was turned bridget turned around lifted the arm that held the knife and with a fiendish look whispered to himself i would like to strike you with this breakfast on the table i looked and beheld bad coffee burned meat and heavy biscuits and i heard the lady of the house who sat in a morning robe and spangled slippers say to the poor gentleman my dear this breakfast is bad very bad you ought to attend to things better i observed how sad he felt at these words and i did pity the poor fellow it seemed to me that i stayed a whole day with this poor gentleman his health was very feeble he was suffering from dyspepsia i saw him attending the children saw him sewing saw him go nervously into the kitchen and sadly and wearily attend to things there while the dark glances of the male bridget followed him viciously everywhere i saw the waste and thieving of that man bridget and saw how completely that poor gentleman felt crushed and held by his help my heart yearned toward that poor feeble housekeeper unable to do his own work and so much at the mercy of that terrible bridget and i ceased to wonder at the pale faces of the men everywhere the homes of the wealthy i visited and almost everywhere i found those gentlemen housekeepers anxious and worried no matter how many servants were kept there was trouble about washing trouble about ironing trouble about children there was waste there was thieving and oh the number of poor sickly gentlemen i found made me very sad and while in my dream my heart was going out in pity and commiseration toward those gentlemen housekeepers i found myself in the midst of a large assembly composed exclusively of these men here almost every man in the city had congregated to hold an indignation meeting a housekeeper's indignation meeting every man wore a white kitchen apron and some i noticed whose sleeves were white with flour while others had pieces of dough here and there stuck on their clothes others again had hanging on their arms dishcloths and towels very many too had babies in their arms and one or more children at their side then i listened to some of their speeches one gentleman said i have kept house sixteen years and i know what it is to be poor and do my own work and i know what it is to have servants and i tell you gentlemen the whole system of housekeeping as now conducted is a bad one it is in the first place wasteful and extravagant and in the next place it wears out our bodies and souls see how pale and feeble we are it is time there was a change we don't each of us make our own shoes said another speaker we don't each of us spin our own yarn or weave our own cloth the hand-loom has departed and it is now done by machinery which has so far come to our rescue it is not so bad for us as for our grandfathers who had to weave on a hand-loom all the muslin and cloth for the family but it is bad enough 
here we are kept every day of our lives over the cook-stove wash-tub or ironing-table or thinking about them can nothing be done to remedy this cannot all the domestic work be done by machinery can it not be done on wholesale principles i say it can there is no more need for a kitchen to any house than for a spindle or a loom then followed many more speeches about the extravagance of the present system whereby one or two persons and often more were employed in doing the work of a small family when it might be done at much less expense for one-fourth the labor were the wholesale principle applied to that as it is to other things one man remarked that the kitchen was a small retail shop to every house another called it a dirt-producing establishment for every family sending its fumes and filth to every room another gentleman said that the fine pictures painted about the domestic hearth happy homes etc were all moonshine and would continue so just as long as the present state of things continued i protest against the present state of things said a tall delicate man with a large active brain we have this matter in our own hands and let us here and now begin something practical instead of forty little extravagant cooking stoves with each a bridget and so many gentlemen employed as housekeepers let us have one large stove and do our cooking washing and ironing on a large scale well i thought in my dream that i listened to hundreds of speeches and protests and denunciations then the scene changed and forthwith there sprang up large cooking establishments in different parts of the city that could as if by magic supply hundreds of families with their regular meals i looked and lo what machinery had done in the weaving of cloth above and beyond what had been effected by the hand-loom was accomplished here the inventive genius of the age had been at work and the result was a wondrous machine that could cook wash and iron for hundreds of people at once i must see the workings of that establishment i said in my dream and forthwith a polite gentleman who said that he had been a housekeeper twenty-five years and knew all the petty annoyances of the old system kindly proposed to show me the various doings of the machinery we are going to cook dinner now he said as he walked toward a monster machine he touched a handle and then about fifty bushels of potatoes were quietly let down into a large cistern where they were washed and then moved forward into a machine of peeling which operation was accomplished in a minute or two by its hundreds of knives and the potatoes came out all ready to be cooked turnips went through the same process and other vegetables were prepared and made ready for the huge cooking apparatus all was done by machinery there was no lifting no hauling no confusion but the machines like things of life lifted prepared and transferred as desired i saw what was called a self-feeding pie maker that reminded me of a steam printing press where the paper goes in blank at one end and comes out printed at the other so the flowers shortening and fruit were taken in all at once at three separate receptacles and came out at the other end pies ready for the oven to which they were at once over a small tramway transferred by machinery another machine made cakes and pies meal-time came the dinner was to be served two large wooden doors opened by means of a spring which the gentleman touched with his foot through them came filing past us one after another small curiously constructed steam wagons the motion of which caused but little noise as the wheels were tired with vulcanized india rubber 
those wagons were so arranged as to travel on common roads and much resembled caravans they moved past machines which were called servers where meals were dished and transferred to the steam caravans which latter were termed waiters all this was done systematically quietly yet rapidly by a few persons in charge of the machines by which meals were prepared for and distributed to hundreds of families i saw that there were hundreds of these servers as well as hundreds of waiters so that the dinner was dished and served almost simultaneously in double tin cases containing all requisites for the table then away went the steam waiters delivering the meals almost simultaneously at the houses which by the by were rapidly being reconstructed to meet the new state of things with dining rooms to accommodate hundreds at once in blocks or hollow squares with cook-houses laundries etc at the centre or in circles similarly arranged combining in a most inconceivable degree economy with beauty to return to the steam-waiters at a time understood they called for the tin cases containing dishes and debris and then wended their way back to headquarters where all the dishes were washed and transferred to their places by steam power the washing and ironing i discovered was done in the same expeditious manner by machinery several hundred pieces going in at one part of the machine dirty and coming out at the other end a few minutes afterward rinsed and ready to dry the ironing was as rapid as it was perfect smooth glossy uncreased unspecked all done by machinery then i looked once more into this strange city and behold an emancipated class the pale sickly faces of the men were giving place to ruddy health anxiety once so marked in their features was departing no bridget to dread now no washing day any more no sad faces nor neglected children for now the poor gentlemen housekeepers had time to attend to the children and to the cultivation of their own minds and i saw that the dream of the poet and of the seer was realized for husband and wife sat side by side each sharing the joys of the other science and philosophy home and children were cemented together for peace sweet peace had descended like a dove on every household i awoke it was all a dream my husband stood at my bedside annie annie he said awake annie that new girl of yours is good for nothing you have to rise and attend to her else i shall have no breakfast i have been late at the office for several days past and i fear i shall be late again i rose and as my husband ate his breakfast i pondered over my strange dream as soon as he was gone i transferred it to paper feeling that it really did mean something and is intended as a prophecy of the good time coming when women will be rid of the kitchen and cook-stove and the possibilities of the age actualize for woman that which i have dreamed for man end of dream number one